aggressively. That's how I do it. We are recording here in beautiful Lorraine, Michigan, the night before we go on a trip. Yeah. We're going down to Georgia. Yep, down to the south, back to your people. Back to my people. I'm very look, much looking forward to seeing them. I'm going to see my nieces and nephews. going to hang out my, with my siblings and my mama and my grandmothers and my aunts. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good, very good time. Uh, the kids have not been down to Georgia before, so I thought August was a great time to take them. <laughs> and them tempered in humidity. Oh, man. I have been trying to explain to them that they need to, to dress appropriately. And that they need to be cool, think the think cool thoughts. And one of the kids insists on only wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts. Yeah, that's not going to fare too well. I don't know. I think we're probably going to have to go to Marshalls and buy a bunch of sweat like non sweatpant clothes yeah. for these children. But you know, you live, you learn. Um, my apologies. My throat's pretty scratchy. We have a bunch of fiery smoke in yeah. around from the uh, wildfires in Ontario. Uh, tragic loss of nature, but also it is bad for our throats. Yeah. And very creepy. Yeah, the sun is orange. The sun's orange, everything's orange, the light's still out, even though it's after nine, because we do live in the Upper Peninsula, and that's just how we roll. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I'm very excited about today. Because you've been talking about this movie. I love this movie. Yeah. Gets a bad rap amongst a lot of people. I think Kevin Smith is kind of who directed, who wrote and directed it. I think he automatically kind of gives people like a love or hate reaction yeah. to him. And a lot of people don't give it a shot. Is this a comedy horror? No. Oh. There is no comedy in this. Okay. This is a, a thriller horror. Has he ever done a non comedy? Uh, this would probably be the only one because Tusk. Has humor elements in it. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of... Uh, Being turned into a walrus is, as a living is, human. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he admits that. This is a straight-up serious film. Yeah. And I think it is done incredibly well. I think Michael Parks, in the lead role, is mesmerizing in this. Ooh. Like, there's a monologue you'll find. It's a really long monologue. Yeah. But it doesn't seem long. Just because you get sucked into it. It would be like going to a church service with the most charismatic preacher and like like what he says is just nonsense, but it's he does it so well. It's like you could see how someone could get into a cult if Michael Parks was leading it yeah. on. You know, I just I, I think it's so well done. So when you first started talking about Red State, I thought you were talking about a movie that I did, didn't bother looking up. Because I don't do the research on this podcast. That's you. So, But it's a movie in which um, a bunch of like Americans in an American town find out that they're actually Russians. And that the, the Russian government has, like, I guess, brainwashed everyone to think they're American. And also everyone's just being raised in a town as if they were American with all the American ideals so that they could become, like, perfect spies. They don't even know Russian. Right? And, like, in, in it, at the end, they, they're they American, gosh darn it. And they're, like, because they're, like, Midwestern American but raised in Russia. Oh. And so they all, like, defect to America. <laughs> but I okay. thought that's what you meant, because Red State, it's got to be something like that. Oh, this is, um, this is kind of a take on, like, what Kevin Smith imagined the Westboro Baptist people were like inside. Ooh. Yeah. You know, like, the inner workings, and if they were doing, not just... 
covert evil, but overt evil. Did you say that, that this was 2011? Um, let me look up the year on it. That sounds about right. Yeah, 2011. And so Kevin Smith, did he write and direct it? Yes. Okay. This was the first movie that he... He got a lot of hate for this, too, that he uh, self-distributed this. Oh. Under the Smodco label. Interesting. Which was uh, kind of controversial, because nobody would dub that. It's like putting your, your thumb to the nose of Hollywood. Yeah. Being like, you, you don't get this. Yeah. So people thought it was like an era of superiority, saying you don't understand this. But it was kind of like, he got shit on a lot for his later movies. Because they didn't do well in the box office. It's yeah. a very niche type of Kevin Smith comedy. Like, Clerks is overarching. But when he got into the ridiculous of, like, Jay and Silent Bob yeah. Strike Back, I think he lot, lost a lot of mainstream. Yeah, that's like TNT and the daytime fans. Like, I like that. Like, when, when Dogma used to show on TV a lot. He did a reverse Adam Sweet. Sandler. Yeah. Where Adam Sandler started off being super niche and then went mainstream. Yeah. Kevin Smith started off mainstream. And then went super niche. Really? Yeah. Like chasing who Amy is yoga that? hosers for? Chasing Amy. <laughs> who is yoga hosers for? Yeah. Kevin Smith. Yeah. And also, I think um, it's. Uh, I think Johnny Depp too. I Kevin's, think they, it's for yeah. the both of them, and it's, that's it. Yeah, it's for Kevin Smith knows his fans. Yeah. He's not going to get any kind of overarching support, and I think he understood that. And when he did Red State, he was like, "I want to do, like, in." B-movie exploitation, violent horror movie. Yeah. Like, he loves Quentin Tarantino. I mean, the quote from Quentin Tarantino on this movie is, I fucking love this movie. It is it is a Tarantino movie that Tarantino did not touch. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is. Yeah, he just touched it with his eyes and his ear ah, holes. And he loved it. And yeah. I mean, I mean it's, not, it's, it's not a Tarantino-level script. And it's not Tarantino-level directing. Yeah. But there is parts of Tarantino level acting amongst Michael Parks and John Goodman in this. Which you need the directing to do that too. And probably even Ralph Garman. Okay. Who has zero I think zero lines, maybe one line in this movie. But he is creepy. You'll you'll see you'll notice him. Oh, okay. I don't know if you know Ralph Garman. He does a lot of voices on Family Guy. Okay. He was on the Joe Schmo show. Which I don't know if you watch. Is I he love the that guy show. that the um, the wristwatch is named after? <laughs> it's my oh. turn to make jokes. And Stephen Root is in this. Oh. Milton from Office Space. Oh, cool. But yeah, it's it is a, I love this movie. And cool. it's very very splitting on like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It has a 60% among reviewers. Okay. Which are uh, critics, which is pretty good. 54% amongst audience. I mean And you also have to keep in mind again that there's a skew against horror movies on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and IMDb and everywhere. So, yeah. you know, but that's, I, you know, it's interesting. That's pretty high for one that wasn't as popular as you're saying. Yeah, there was like, uh, here, this review, I think, sums it up really good. It's Red State's second half is a gripping and relentless 70s inflicted exploitation B-movie, giving us exciting ultraviolence alongside intriguing debates. One admires the ambition. <laughs> like it was like... It is Kevin Smith trying to do Tarantino. Yeah. Which he could not do. Like, he can't stand up to Tarantino's writing or directing. Yeah. And I don't think he would ever, ever think he could. But it's a great story with amazing acting. Yeah. So I, I love it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a favorite of mine. That sounds really cool. Well, I'm really excited to see it. Um, I'm very excited to share this evening with you. 
Uh, our next podcast, we're gonna. We don't even know how we're gonna record it. Yeah, we'll figure it we'll out. D- we'll figure it out. Oh, and this has a six point two on IMDb. Okay. Which is right around the higher end horror yeah. movies, which is kind of surprising. But and you've only marked it a nine. I did give it a nine. This is a favorite of mine. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure, just because I love Michael Park so much. Okay. Like maybe that's why I like Tusk, Tusk so much. Oh, that Michael Parks. Okay. You've been yes. saying Michael Parks this whole time, and I've been pretending I know who you... Even the last time we did this, you told me who Michael I, Parks was. Now that I'm thinking of it, I think Michael Parks was in a handful of Tarantino movies as well. Yeah. I'm going to look that up really quick. And Michael Parks passed away a few years ago, he too. He did? Yeah, he was going to be in the... Because Tusk, Yoga Hosers, and there was going to be a, a third part of the trilogy. Yeah. But he didn't make it for that. We have a crying dog that wants to be put to bed, but it's only 9.19. Yeah, it's not time yet, dog. I did let her... I did put her in bed at 9.30 yesterday because she wouldn't stop crying. Okay, he was in Django Unchained. Okay. He was in Kill Bill. Okay. He was, well, Red States. Well, he said a lot of movies in 2011. Death Proof and Grindhouse. Death Proof is such a fun movie. Yeah, uh, Tarantino picked him out a lot. See, Kill Bill 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, he's in a Tarantino pick this guy out a lot, and for okay. good reason. He's in Twin Peaks, the original series. All right. Which you were into, right? Yeah, I saw most of the first season. He played Jean Renault. I didn't see the last episode. I've done that a lot with series where I watched the whole thing except not the last episode. Oh, I yeah. I mean, he, had a, he had an amazing filmography and a lot of great TV shows. Yeah. He's just an amazing actor. One of yes. my one of my favorites of all time. I would say one of my top ten favorite actors. Yeah. Well I'm very much looking forward to seeing him acting in Red State. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Yeah. I better with that. If we want to stay married, I better like oh, I love it. It's so good, John. And then at the end there's a surprise for you. Yeah. There was a an alternate ending to this movie. Yeah. That Kevin Smith could not afford to do. Oh. He said if he would have done this ending, it would have been more expensive. Just this ending would have been more expensive than any film he'd ever done before. Wow. So he did not have the money to do it, but he had somebody animate it for him. Wow. So after this movie's over, I'll run you through the animated version of the ending that he really wanted. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, should we get started? Yeah. The screen just says religious on it. Religious. That's how the movie starts. Okay, well. clerks. Yeah. But... Or Dogma, in a way. Yes, which uh, is my all-time favorite movie. It's awesome. Any movie ever. All right, let's watch this. Right. Twas a trap! It was a trap. It was a trap. We already knew about this trap because of the preview. Yeah. But I had already forgotten about the preview. <laughs> so as we were watching, I was like, oh yeah, that's what's happening. So... To the best of my understanding, you've got the Westboro Baptist. They're called the Four Pointers. The Four Pointers. Um, and they've got a leader, much like the Westboro Baptist leader. It's a family. Yep. Right? At the same time, um, we see them at first when they're protesting a funeral of a gay boy who may or may not be gay. Like, he was, no. It doesn't his matter to that. body was found outside of a gay bar. Yep. And so. Then you hear like a clip on the news that there's been a, a rash of murders of boys, basically, you know, and then these three kids in high school, uh, including, I guess, like our three main boys, yeah. uh, they're in high school. One of them is on 
2011 version of Tinder, and is, uh, which has just pictures of like emojis over faces and titties, and uh, and just ladies that want a bone. And there's a lady that wants a bone in the town where all the creepy religious people are. Yep. And these religious people apparently is so bad that even the Nazis disavowed them. Yep. And uh, so this this old lady who's clearly wearing a wig and very uh, desperately uncomfortable is like, keep drinking your beers, boys, and hands them three opened beers. They're rid of their Miller Lite and green bottles. Miller Lite and green bottles. And also they're open inside of the fridge. And she's like, yeah, you got <laughs> to have two beers in you before you get yeah. in me. Yeah, I'd never let a man enter me unless he's got two beers in him. And, he, and she says, um, are you boys want to get up to the devil's business tonight? Yep. And they said yes, so they kind of asked for this, is what I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they all pass out, obviously. But Melvin, what's his name? The red-headed sheriff? Oh, I was calling him Milton. Milton. From office space. Milton. Uh, sheriff Milton. So so basically, on the way over, the one of the boys borrows his mom's Volvo to go, right? Yep. And sideswipes a red car and up pops the sheriff and a gentleman that was blowing the sheriff. Yes. And the sheriff is married to a woman, and this is 2011. There's some F-bombs, F-slurs that are thrown around in general. Um, so the sheriff gets to work, and he sends off his deputy to go find the mom-mobile full of three kids that did this. Yeah. So And the, and the sheriff's deputy is the second person in here from Breaking Bad yeah. that we've seen. I wonder if the producers at Breaking Bad watched this and went, Hey, hey, there's hey, some good actors on this. Yeah, but I thought Breaking Bad. Came, no, I guess that timeline oh, works and out. There was a there was word that Ben Affleck, who was friends with Kevin Smith, yeah. had watched this movie and cast part of Argo from this movie. Really? This was the wh- why he had John Goodman as the idea to be oh, in Argo. Oh, interesting. So, but he poached actors from this film. Well, naughty boy. So, uh, so again. These boys have been drugged and they're being like taken over. You get to see the flashes of people that like men that are in there as the woman is like kind of has her arms crossed in front of her and she's clearly desperately uncomfortable with the whole thing because she had to talk to these boys about fornication. Yep. And so men are there to pick up the boys. But we know that the sheriff's deputy is on his way. Yeah. Looking for their car. Yes. Okay. Should we keep going? Yeah. All right. Jesus, John. That's <laughs> pretty intense, isn't this it? This is very intense. It's very intense. So we got to see a very long speech or sermon. Yes. By the head guy with all the kids in there. And he's like making jokes and teasing around and explaining why God is for hate and all that stuff. Yeah. And then all the kids are sent away. One of the boys is in... The one that sent them all there that's been doing the online chatting, he is like, uh, he has been in a cage this whole time watching all this. Why well, has he been watching? The cage was the cage was covered with like a yeah, cloth. Yeah, and he could kind of see through, and then he finally yeah. gets the cloth uncovered to see them saran wrap a gay man and shoot him on top of the head. Yep. And then cover the hole with saran wrap as well, I guess to control the blood spilling. Yeah, just so it's not so messy. And they're doing it to him, too, now. They're, they're, it's on a cross, too. Yeah. Because the goal is to kill them so that they could go burn in hell. Yep, because 
The Bible talks about killing, but these are germs. And you don't mourn the loss of a germ when it's been cured. You know that very well. You know the quotes from this movie very well. Oh, that's such an intense, like, speech that he gives. His sermon is, I don't know. I'm always mesmerized by Michael Parks. I'm just really so, glad that the Westboro Baptist Church is really far away from here. If you're like, oh, wow, look at this preacher. Oh, he's it's so... Not, it's not what he says. It's how he says it. He is mesmerizing. I, I don't lie because but he's definitely an Old Testament preacher because he doesn't believe in love, which is kind of funny because it's like, did you reason it? I don't think he did because he's like a God that drowns the earth and kills everybody but no one is family does that sound like a god who loves but, you but you know what i also don't feel like he really read the old testament either because he just read those parts oh yeah those are the parts that work the best for what he's trying to do man we need jl with her ten peg to come take this guy down a peg or two um you know that story no jl it's the oldest actual uh poem it's basically the oldest part of the hebrew bible is this poem it's jl driving a tent peg through this dude that was like fighting against israel and she wasn't even a freaking hebrew person she's just some badass non-jewish person that drives her freaking tent peg through this dude's head because she knew that he was going against the jewish people and that's like one of the many women in the hebrew bible that aren't quite a part of the community that just do a solid and and do cool huh. stuff. Well, I think he's just into the Some idea judges. Of, of killing anybody who doesn't agree with him. I think so, too, and I think it's a good way to keep his people together because it's like, let's all be murderers together. But he has a rationalization for everything he does that these people seem to, like... Yeah, this all makes sense. Yeah, but it's kind of cute too as a grandpa because there's like a kid that's too shy to say anything, and he at one point he's like, "I wish you'd talk to me sometime," and it's such a grandpa thing to say. Yeah, and then he turns around and turns like your grandpa's like yeah. Ed Gein or something. Yeah, well, the cops have shown up just as Doodad is being uh, strapped to the cross. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. His two friends are tied up in the basement that yes. we've seen too. Yes. They make good use of large rolls of saran wrap, apparently. Apparently, they also said don't let him get any gay spit on you, because that's how you can catch it. Yeah, he'll turn you. He'll turn you, because that's apparently how it works. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. This is, like, very sadly accurate, I think, to a lot of people's beliefs. Probably, which is really scary. Yeah, like how many churches in America are preaching this kind of shit, Ugh. and then, like, the only reason they don't do this kind of stuff is because they'd get caught. Yeah. I don't know. All right, let's keep going. What the fuck? A lot has happened. There's so much that's happened. There's so much that's... There's so much. Yeah. Okay, so the cop shows up. Meanwhile, the two boys that were in the basement... The, so the one boy is tied up on the cross upstairs. The two boys are in the basement downstairs. The uh, the one boy... The shorter boy says to the taller boy... They're tied up together with saran wrap. This gay guy that just fell down... and Like, when he fell down, his leg broke open... And he can use it to get out, get out of the binds. Yeah, the bone's sticking out. The bone's sticking out. So he does that, but as he's doing... You know, and the, and the tall kid is 
you know, panicking and crying and blah, blah, blah. And so sick. he wants his mommy. He's not helping. And then he gets loose and abandons his friend. Yeah, he says, too tight. It's too tight. And then just runs off into the, like, and, and this kid is the one that had managed to take off all of his clothes. So he's just wearing underpants. Yeah. Um, and he runs and he runs and everyone's chasing him and he's running. And he ends up in, like, an arsenal. Yeah. And in the beginning of the movie, when we're hearing about this church from, like, a history teacher, or no, a poet, uh, Shakespeare, I think is what they're learning, so English? Yeah, like an English teacher, yeah. Language arts or something. And so, anyway, she says that the only thing that's keeping this out from being a problem is uh, that they don't have guns, right? Yeah, they don't think they have They guns. don't think they have guns. Uh, however, they have a huge arsenal. So, the tall boy picks up one of the guns... And he's like, all right, let's do this. And then the other guy, that's the that's the church guy, breaks open. The church guy shoots first because he's used to murdering people, but shoots the kid in the in the face. And the kid, of course, has got an AK-47 in his hands or whatever that was. It was an AK. Okay, I was right this time. You were right. My, uh, my friend who shall be, remain nameless always gets on me for always calling every gun an AK-47 that has... But this one wasn't actually... This was one! <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. I was right. But anyway, and so, and because it was in his hands, his, you know, his fingers touch the trigger and shoot at least one of their bad guys. Yep, just the one. The deputy that was there talking with the, uh, that was talking with the church guy says, shots fired, shots fired, you know, and he's pulling the thing and then he gets murdered. And then the freaking cop, the, the sheriff that sent his deputy there all alone, even though he was supposed to be done working for the day, the stupid sheriff is like going to kill himself because he got a blowjob and, and his well, wife. The, yeah, Abe and Cooper who was the leader of the church, yes. gets on the radio and says, oh, it would be a shame if pictures of a, of a gay man came out. On Route 9. But why would you go into creepy cult territory to get your blowjob? I don't think he was, because he's talking about on the border of Mexico. Oh, because I thought it was on Route 9. Yeah, I don't know. He was like going across the border to get... Sexual yep. favors. Yeah, because he is a sheriff, so he's leaving town. Yeah, yeah. In any case, though, it was very, like, this guy's just been drinking this whole time all, while all this is going on and looking at a picture of his homely wife and so sad, I guess, because his life is about to explode. And then, meanwhile, he's about to let it happen and let, like, his friend, his deputy be, his murder be covered up and not do anything about it and about to kill himself like a coward. And he looks up and he sees ATF. On top. And we all know they do a great job. <laughs> well, <laughs> Especially you know, dealing with murder cults. You know that they will um, answer to a cult. They will be there with bells on. You know, I'm not going to talk shit because isn't it the ATF that's up here that's investigating the arson that uh, that burned down half of our town? Yeah, but I think Waco will still allow you to talk shit. Yeah, but I mean, like, there that was like a long time oh, ago. about Ruby Ridge? Okay, let's keep going. so pissed off at you <laughs> at you personally. personally well the kid that was from the beginning of the movie that we're following the whole time finally gets out and he's running with a gun he's covered with blood and that fucking sheriff shoots him yep and now he's dead yep he is dead and i don't give a fuck about the kid <laughs> that's tied up on the cross that kid was the one that was supposed to die. Well, he started the whole thing. I know! He should be dead already <laughs> instead of the kid that... The kid that wasn't supposed to be here today is not supposed to get killed except in the original ending of Quirks. Well, 
Well, see, maybe that was all tied together in the loop. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> It's really hard to pause this movie. It is. It's so hard, but we have to. Okay, so the sweet girl that was in charge of kind of babysitting all the kids. Yeah, she was the only one who wasn't like fully an adult. Before. Yeah, and so she, so she wasn't. She would always leave with the kids, and she's the head babysitter. She runs out the back, and the dude from uh, from Lucifer, one of the de- detective Dan, I think his name is. Um, from Lucifer, the television show is very good. I recommend it. It's very nice. It's about the Archangel Lucifer. It's really good. Anyway, so uh, it's on Netflix. Everyone should watch it. Anyway, it's very sexy. Anyway, so that dude comes up and he's like, and she's like, I, you know, I gotta save the babies. Well, I don't want to kill anybody. It wasn't the guy from Lucifer. Yeah, the first guy was the guy from Lucifer. The one who was talking to John Goodman. Yeah. The guy who came I know, up I know. The... Okay. So, so goes up. So she tells the guy like who she is. And, uh, and the guy goes to, like, John Goodman to talk to him about it, and, you know, just to figure it out. And then the dude from Buffy, Riley from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, shows up, and he sees her there, and he's like, hey, she's, uh, you know, she wants to get the kids out safe, blah, blah, blah. In meantime, John Goodman has been told that, according to the de- deputy director of the ATF, they should just kill everybody there and say that it all started because of the bad guys and it yeah, was a terrorist cell. They were going to bomb a shopping mall. Yeah, they're going to bomb first. a shopping mall. And, and then, like, John Goodman's like, but there's kids in there. And they're like, no, you just do it anyway. And so, like, everyone's arguing with them, except for fucking Riley from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who just immediately is, like, about to kill this girl, tries to get her to shoot him his gun which he has a gun that's not like a probably an official gun or whatever yeah. i guess to plant and so he's just all about the whole thing and he just starts with there's kids in there okay all right and so she kind of gets away because her mother shoots him in the back of the head yeah. which is the first time an atf guy dies and i'm like yeah i get it sorry that's riley not the first time an atf guys no Kevin the first Pollard time the first the i know but like the first one that died that i didn't mind dying because the other ones, it's like, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't want them to die. Yeah. I don't want most of them to die. But the fucking guy that was about to kill her, even though she's not a good person or whatever. But anyway, so she then gets inside. Her mother is telling her she needs to pray and become a good person. But now her main goal is getting her little nieces and nephews and little kid, the little kids out safe, right? Yeah. And so she releases the sex boy from the cross the only one that's still alive is the one that brought all both of his friends out and got the, both of his friends fucking murdered. Though the one friend was murdered by the sheriff. Yes. Um, be, well, as he was trying to escape. Uh, and she's trying to talk him into helping her because if we can get out and tell her story, then they can arrest us. And that would be the story and not the other stuff. Yeah. Right. However, uh, Duda does not want to help her and is like, F you. And, yeah. uh, and so his best friends just died and it's his fault. Yeah. His best friends just died and it's his fault. And he's been tied to a freaking cross and in a cage, just like a whole thing. And like, yeah, it's pretty intense. And now she's got a gun on her mother who's strangling the boy to death because she's angry and it's really hard to pause yeah. even to go over this. So let's keep going. <laughs> Well, that was Red State. I, this has got to be the hardest movie to do a podcast on 
And if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, I can understand why. Because it is such a good one. Don't think it's a horror movie. It is a thriller. I would say it's a horror. But why? Because it involves like a cult and murder and You know uh, you know, I could see it being a horror up until it becomes the ATV in a cult. ATF. ATF in a cult. Just, like, battling to the death. Yeah, it turns into a violent movie. Like a It is a very much... It's two... Not two different movies, because it's still the same one. And you still follow John Goodman. I was shocked. Okay, so, just to recap. The last we left off, young girl and the guy were trying to save the kids. Yep. Right? And so... They come down. She's like, don't shoot. We we got things, blah, blah, blah. And he's saying he's a hostage. And John Goodman's listening to them. Who, by the way, has, like, killed a bunch of the bad guys. But, you know, John's good, John Goodman's listening to them when the person he convinced that we have to kill everybody comes up and shoots, bap, bap, and kills them both immediately. Yep. And then... We cut to the people in, like, we cut to this thing and it goes, Wah! it's like these crazy horn sounds. And, like, in the basement artillery, we've got everyone here, and the guy's like, everybody put down your artillery, the horns of Jerusalem have come, or whatever. Yep. And so it's like the horns of the devil or whatever. And, like, the ATF doesn't know what's going on. And, What's's like, John Goodman is, I know, it's from, like, Revelations. Revelation. When, when the, yeah, Revelation. When the final seal, the seventh seal, is open, yes. the trumpet and sounds. And as soon as the girl and the boy are murdered, the seventh seal is open. Right. So yep. then we got bwong that's going off, and it's crazy. And, like, it cuts to... And then, of course, the preacher guy comes up, and he's, like, in John Goodman's face. Cuts to John Goodman in, like, a hearing. Yep. And... He's like, they're like, how did you get, how did you take him down? He's like, oh, I head butted him. And they're like, how did, what? And he was, like, he was uncomfortably close. Yeah, yeah. Unusually close. Uh, and so anyway, so as they're talking, John Goodman is told that he's going to be just promoted. That's what's going to happen to him. Um, after one week of unpaid leave, that he did a great job. On the record, he did a great job of, like, subduing this terrorist faction off the record, why the frick didn't you do this thing? And what yep. was the deal with the horns? And it turns out there's some kind of ego farmer collective. That was, yeah, it was a weed grow. Uh, uh, a weed. Uh, uh, so it's a compost collective that's a pretend weed grow oper- operation. Yeah. And they had gotten a, like a bell or something like it that. It was or an old, from a, a siren from a firehouse. That they put on their podcast to just do a horn sound to yeah. make these people, because they're upset, because like, Apparently, the guys from the church were doing a lot of bad things and breaking windows and being buttheads. But it, it, the funny thing about this is it turns out that because they're actually growing weed, like, the ATF arrested them all. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, please, they saved a whole bunch of lives. Yeah, like, I don't so know. I'll, but I'll write a letter. I'll write a letter. But anyway, so, like, they accidentally saved a bunch of lives. But anyway, so everything stops, and all the people that were in the house that had come out because the horns are sounding get arrested... I don't know if the kids are alive. I hope they are. I'm guessing they are, because all the adults came out, and, and that ended the shootings. Yes. And all the ATF are so... They're just going to be, apparently, according to this hearing, in prison forever. 
Yeah. Because they're terrorists. You could just keep them in prison forever. If you kill somebody in and America so, in the name of religion, you're a terrorist. Yes. Which would be really nice if they would actually do that for people that were white that do that in America today. But whatever. But anyway, so like, as I digress. So, John Goodman says, if you could have arrested them forever this entire time, why did you tell me to kill everybody? And they're just, oh, fuck those guys. Yeah. They're pieces of shit. <laughs> but there is like children and hostages. It's like, ah, oh, fuck them. Yeah. So all the kids die. The three teens have de- are dead. Yep. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's... Everybody's dead but the children and Michael Parks and a few of the people who Yeah, died. and so the... It so is... My, uh, Michael Parks is... They show him at the end and he's, like, singing in his jail cell. And everyone's singing, wanting to kill him. And everybody's him. looking at him and you hear, Shut the fuck up! And the movie ends. <laughs> and so, I mean, and they're talking... It's just like they... It's just absolutely bananas. I love the movie. And I don't want it to sound like I didn't love the movie. I'm, I'm just so mind-blown a little bit that it is like it is hard to do a podcast right now. I don't understand how people criticize or badmouth this movie. I don't think there's anything... There's no scene in this that is to waste. No, it is, it is full it was shot really well. It is full. Every scene that every like, part the, that you see is meant to be seen. And the frenetic camera work of when that kid is trying to escape the building. Oh, that poor honey. It's it's maddening almost. You know, yeah. you feel tension. And you see him go against the walls and move around and it's it's pretty wild. But yeah, I uh it was it was an interesting movie. I think that Sometimes people want movies to be all brand new. There's a lot of new shit stuff in here that I never even... I mean, I thought that was very creative, very new, and also different genres smashed together in a pleasant way, like the fact that it became an ATF genre film. And I think... I mean, Michael Parks and John Goodman both... Yes. ...like deserve recognition for this film that they will never get because it's a Kevin Smith movie. I don't know if it's because it's a Kevin Smith movie it or sure just seems because that way. it's like... It's, there's a lot of people hate on it by putting Kevin Smith's name on it first. Really? If you look at the critic things, they're like, oh, it's Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. So they go to it looking for humor, but there is no humor. No, there is zero. Well, there's a, there's a few chuckles. There's yeah. a few chuckles in it. So I will Maybe say Maybe kind that, of dark chuckles. I will say this, that I think that what you had said before about wanting to be Quentin Tarantino but not being as good... I think that, like, as we've mentioned before, like, he's emotional, and the Quentin Tarantino's not emotional, and so while I, I, it just feels so real. I think... That's what Kevin Smith, it just feels so real, because all these characters, like, you're forced to actually feel bad when some of these, like, the, they are domestic terrorists, but when some of them die, you just feel bad because they loved each other so much, and you can see that in the family, they absolutely love each other, which... To be fair... To be fair. To be fair, in the actual West Barber Baptist Church, there was not as much of that lovey-dovey for everybody. There was a lot of trauma involved in sexual abuse, which doesn't seem to be as much the case here in this representation. But in this universe, they're the crazy version of the Westboro Baptist Church. The Westboro yeah. Baptist Church exists, and then there's these people who have been living in this valley interbreeding since 1920. Yeah. But this, when you talk about Tarantino, this feels like... Midwest Tarantino. If Tarantino is New York City, this is uh, Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's there's so much heart. It's rough around the edges. It's 
it has more emotion. Yeah. And it has, I mean, just the the monologues by both Michael Parks and John Goodman. Yeah. When John Goodman, like a one-sided conversation, you know, is, is so deep. Like, yeah, he's on the phone talking to the deputy director of the ATF, and you hear everything that's going on, yeah. and you don't hear the other side of the conversation, but sometimes in movies, you like, the other side of the conversation is like, it couldn't be anything reasonable, but in this one, you can actually see him listening to what's being said, and yeah. not agreeing to it, and not liking it. Yeah, it's it's an amazing job. I mean, yeah. the acting in this all around is great. There's nobody yeah. you're pointing out, and you're like, well, they did a bad job. Yeah. Like, the kid who survives till almost the end. Yeah. Like, his panic in the cage... Yes. ...is so real. This girl's, like, panic when his... When uh, she's trying to get out and save these children... Yeah, she just needs to save the babies. Yeah. And that's just, like, for her, that's become... Like, when we... And she talks about, like, she, she even, like, when she's talking about getting arrested, going to jail... And letting the becoming martyrs to the liberal white ring media or whatever she says. And so she still has that language, but really ultimately it's about we need to save the actual children. Yep. Because they're babies. And so it's like you could really and and then like the elder people in this church are just totally nuts. But in a way that's just loving and understandable and in a way that really humanizes like you could see why people could be a part of this cult. Yeah, I think if Michael Parks is talking to you every day for years, yeah, you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's so, so really reasonable. nice, he's friendly, and he hates everybody else, not you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if you're gay, you would hate Michael Parks. No, it'd be terrible if you were, like, the gay kid. That's are you, are you ready? Are you ready to have your balls blown off? I do not have them. I'm ready for my, my tits to get blown away. Are you ready to watch the alternate ending? Yes. Are we just going to watch it through here, you think? No, I think I, I'm going to... No, I'm going to put it on the TV through... Uh, no, I mean, like, it. with the recording on. Uh, we can? Let's... Uh, do you it's try only it? a couple minutes. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, it's a minute and 34 seconds. Yeah, and let's we do can it. edit it out if uh, if it doesn't work well. I'm going to drink a little sip of my beer. Quick brew, 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 bruise. Oh, yeah, while this is loading up. Yeah. I have been drinking one of my favorites. Yeah? Um, Dragon's Milk White. Oh, I love this. It's Dragon's Breast Milk. Ah, uh, no. Well, where, what do you think Dragon's Milk comes from? But, yeah, it's Dragon's Milk White. I mean, they do uh, they do a lot of Dragon's Milk, different ones. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, I just love the white. It caught me yeah. off guard first because you don't expect a stout in this color, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm try- I can't think of I the... I mean, I like to... I'm not a fan of the bourbon flavor because it's Asian bourbon barrels. Yeah. And I'm just not a fan of that flavoring, but it was pretty tasty. Yeah, and it's made by New Holland Brewing. Mm-hmm. I know I had this the first time when I was actually at the brewery. Really? Yeah, and they had just come out with Dragon's Milk oh. Wine. I was so excited to try it, and it was so delicious. That's great. And I've gotten it a bunch of times. So. Nice. Yeah, huge shout out to New Holland. Um, <laughs> this is my jingle jangle of Blue Moon. They've got a new out that's called, a new one. I brought the box in, which is full of cans. Um, it's called, Blue Moon has a new flavor it's called Honey Daze, D-A-Z-E, crafted with real clover honey. It's very low. It's like only 3.9, which I oh. kind of like. It's just a little drinking beer. Um, what I like about it is that it's got that Blue Moon body, but less acidity okay. than the Blue Moon. So, like, it's like, I mean, not that, 
Like we were talking before about it, and I said I kind of like it more than regular Blue Moon. Though if I was going to have one drink, I would get a Blue Moon because it's a very tasty, orangey, delicious explosion, and it comes with an orange wedge. But if I was going to have more than one, I would choose this one. Okay. Because I think for me, Blue Moon is a lot heavier than this. This is a much lighter one. It is a little floral, but that honey in it, it, it kind of mellows everything out. Uh, there's not orange. So it's quite nice. I heard that burp. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm the editor. I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> Everyone's going to know. So before we do Gross's Corner, we're going to watch the original ending, which is animated. That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the idea behind this was Kevin Smith wanted to do this, this different ending. This was his original plan. Mm-hmm. But... The logistics of it would have cost more, he said, than all of his other movies combined to be able to pay so to like have this done. $27. So he thought of the alternate ending that was actually in the movie. Yes. Which works, and um, it works well. But this ending, I think, would have completely changed it. And I think it would have made people who hated it hate it even more. Okay. Okay, but I don't. I it usually don't wanna... goes. So just so you know, it's starting off. Uh, that we're watching from Airsoft Hobby. Thirteen thousand views published April twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. Red State two thousand eleven. Originally in original ending animated. There's a there's the woman that the girl basically she's like probably eighteen that was trying to save her kit her um, family the children. She's got a bullet in the head. She's on the ground. Let's watch okay. this animated original ending. Okay. Oh, and this is where the dude is, like, right up on him. Uncomfortably close. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're actually watching him, like, talk. Oh! Oh, he's exploding everywhere. Oh! They're all exploding! Everybody is, like, their heads are exploding. It's it's like in Ready or Not, kind of. Everyone's dying. Is it because it's the end of the world? John Goodman's like terrified. Yep. And he's hearing his own heart. And the heart's beating. Was that it? No. No, that's not it. And now he's opening his eyes. Oh no, what's happening? John Goodman's awake. Everybody's exploded. The rib cage is out everywhere. Animation on this is great. Who's got the sword? Wait. Is that an actual angel? Yes. Their heads weren't exploding. It was angels cutting their heads off. Oh, my God. The angel of death. The angel just said shush to him and flew away. And then... What? And then... Oh, the four horsemen. It was supposed to be that Aiden Cooper was correct. Oh, my God. And that did cause the apocalypse and the end of the world. Wow. So the actual like explosion of everybody would have cost more? Yes. That's great, man. Oh, you better pause that. Yeah, I did it. So that was great. I really liked that. I also really liked the ending that is just... Yeah, a bunch of hippies did it. <laughs> yeah, it was either the ending the hippies did it or Aiden Cooper was correct. Well, the thing is, he was correct, but they all got cut in half by the angel of death. Well, because it was, left. yeah, it was the rapture and the end of the world. Yeah, but they weren't being raptured. They just were getting killed. Well, that's because in most faiths, the rapture isn't a real thing. Yeah. They were just being killed because it's the end of the world. The rapture rapture stuff is a pretty recent phenomena. It's yeah. interesting when you look at the history of religion. 
Yeah, it was like one lady who came up with it, and it was like, nonsense. Eh, sounds well, good. it's kind of like the whole thing with Revelations, uh, yeah. Revelation of like that becoming some the biggest part when it's like, and people wanting to make it an actual date and stuff like that. When it's like, there's no it's way the, to do that. The Catholic Church found a way to make money on. No, it. that's not the Catholic Church that did that. <laughs> well, they started the. I thought they started the uh, the belief of uh, the rapture. No, that's not the, oh. Catholic, the Catholic Church. The rapture like starts like was that the nineteenth century? It's like a very recent yeah. nonsense phenomenon that's well, not actually the, in the Bible. I thought that was like uh, the letters of planetary indulgence where they could no. uh, where you could buy your way out of a no, purgatory. Honey, okay, the rapture. Well, see, I know this what it is, is from when you grow up in non non Bible Belt South. The rapture is not anything to do with plenary indulgences. That has to do with being able to, like... Buy your way out of purgatory. Yeah, but the rapture has nothing to do with purgatory, and purgatory also kind of doesn't exist anymore. I wasn't saying they were the same thing. I thought they were under the same motivation. Like, uh, planetary indulgences were were made so the Catholic Church could make money. You're thinking of plenary, not planetary. But they created purgatory, which is its own plane of existence that never exists anywhere. Yeah. Except for in the... In the pocketbooks of the Catholic Church. Yep. You could also like. I, I mean, in the 14th century, in the 15th, 16th, 17th century, and they're stuff still like that. using it. They still they're say not... purgatory is a thing. Yeah, but I mean, there's a very complex history of the nature of purgatory and what it is for. And it's not for anything. It's a part of it is so that you don't think that your dead baby is going to hell because it didn't get baptized. Babies don't go to hell. I know. It's ridiculous. It's just a way to make money. Okay, I think that maybe there's been a lot of brews brews tonight to be talking about the nature of the Catholic Church, and uh, we can have that. Maybe when we watch our next film, it would be appropriate. Oh, you can edit it out. Okay, no, we're keeping your, your drunken screes against the Catholic Church in there. <laughs> because the thing is that I think that there's some bad, there's some very realistic and good raps that's... Oops. Okay, we're going to watch this Sorry, again? No, I didn't mean to do but that. But there's some reasonable raps about, about it, but then there's like the actual understanding what the thought is, process is now about this stuff. We're going to be watching a very special film, but before we do that, let's talk about Gross's Corner. Oh. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of gross in here? No. I would say Kevin Pollock getting his eye shot out was pretty uh, intense and gross. Hmm. So. And then a piece of his skull ending up in John Goodman's leg. That was good. I think, for me, Gross's Corner is definitely when the original person that had been murdered, um, that was the first person, the, the, the random gay man that they found that they were murdering, after they shot him oh. in the head and the fire came out, and then they the blood that was pouring into the saran wrap and then on the head, yeah, and then they wrapped the top so that none of the gay juices got out, <laughs> to me that... That was the grossest, that was grossest corner because that was just, that was the most squicky thing that happened because everything else, something about a gunshot that's clean, even if it's not, but like this, the fact that it was in saran wrap because they're, I guess they're, they're trying to cover their tracks in a way, I guess, except that they're going to be covered with all the saran wrap, but I guess if you take all the saran wrap off of the guy and then dump the body, then you can just burn the saran wrap? And then, then there's no evidence, but I don't know. You know what else is gross? What? Their attitude towards the gays. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think the whole idea that, like, God hates anybody is kind of absurd. Yep. Um, I think that our understanding of what fear and terror and stuff like that are complicated when it comes to God, but it is kind of malarkey to think that God hates anybody. Yeah. I mean, how could a church who says um, 
what would Jesus do? Would ever think he would hate on gays? Except figs. You know, that's it. God, uh, God hates figs. Fig trees. Fig trees? Oh, yeah. Well, that would have been the, the forbidden fruit. No, it's because <laughs> Jesus told a fig tree, he walked by and it, it was out of season and it didn't have any fruit. And Jesus is like, hey, fig tree, you better give me some fruit next time I'm here. Wow. And then on his way back, he walks by and the damn bush didn't have any. Where he's like, fuck you, fig tree. And he killed it. And that's where the Westboro Baptist, they just spelled it wrong. It was supposed to be God hates figs. Well, that particular fig tree was hated by God, yes. I just really like that one because that is like, you know, it's hard for people to understand or to really comprehend how Christ, this is the Jesus corner, how in Christian thought Christ is 100% human and 100% divine God. But when he smites a fig tree because he's hungry and the damn thing didn't make figs when he told it to... That is, I think, the most human and God thing. So you have the God powers. Like, you could have made a fig, but instead you wanted this nat- this unnatural thing to happen, but it didn't happen because it was outside of season. So you just fucking killed the tree. Well, God's not a magician. <laughs> I know. He manipulates was... nature. Yeah, but in this case, you can't make a fig tree go out of nothing. And she's just like, dang it. Okay. Die, fig tree. Are you ready to preview the next episode? Yes, sir. Well, we are going back to the top horror movies as it's been so long as rated by metacritic through imdb it's been so long since we've done this i know have we only watched psycho is that the only that one was so number far one. So we're on that number was number two. one we're on number two which is rosemary's baby rosemary's baby i love her hair in this movie so much are you ready to watch the trailer yeah would you rather prefer the modern trailer from 2019 or the original 1968 trailer original that's what I was hoping you'd say, because you're going to watch that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It just came up. But here is the trailer from 1968. With the Turner Classic movie logo at the beginning. Okay, that's another Atlanta. That's Georgia. Coming that from... Is, you want to turn that down? Jesus. Well, that's because you're deaf, remember? Yeah, well... She's just... Oh, yeah, because they just moved into this apartment. They're just like... Rosemary is eaten. Wants to make love with her husband. Oh, Mia Pharaoh. Wants to make love with her husband. And he's like, wow, there's no TV, so I guess so. Wait, the the preview is them boning? That's the whole trailer. It's just them boning. Because what else would make you want to watch it? Right? I guess so. I met Mia Farrow once. What? She was a fucking delight. Was she, she was so nice, and she talked with me even though I was a big old nerd. How am I just finding out that you met Mia Farrow? I met her when I graduated college, and we talked about The Last Unicorn. And also she told my friend that, uh, that she should get a smaller phone, because when she was in Darfur, she hit her cameras. Because people wouldn't let her leave with her bigger... None of the big cameras were able to leave, but she actually smuggled out footage from Darfur, you know, for, like, the human rights stuff that she does. Okay, so she's asleep. She saw the Sistine Chapel. Now there's a baby carriage. This is very appropriate, because we're going to be trying to have a baby. We are trying to have a baby, and so this is, like... Yeah. Get it. Now all of our listeners are going to be like, if, if, if Trish is 
like, you know, sober during the episode. Oh man, there's some people. This lady in the keyhole. There's black candle. There should be more black candles. Why is it still more loud? It's so loud. I just think the last movie we saw must have been pretty quiet. Oh, you just have everything cranked up. Well, oh yeah, she's having some kind of fun orgasmic thing involving green smoke. It's going real well. Yeah. The candle has turned into something more. So I'm wondering if the modern trailer actually shows what the movie's about and not just a fever dream. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> know how this is a trailer. What is this? I don't know. What was the sexies like? Oh, there we go. Now I gotta turn it back up because I can't hear it even. Co-starring John We've heard this guy before in other ones ever previously seen. Roman Polanski, that motherfucker. Yeah, we gotta separate the art from the artist on this one. <sighs> That's hard because, like, I don't like that fucker. He's a rapist. Does anybody like him? No, yeah, some fucking, like, you know, a bunch of people like him because they have no souls. Was that the whole trailer? Was this like before? I think this is before uh, he... And now wants to play the trailer for Pootie Tang. That's not the first time that it's gone from horror movie to Pootie Tang. Somebody's paying money to oh, make us try to watch... I forgot this was Polanski. Let's see when Polanski raped that girl. It was in the 80s. Oh, yeah, it okay. It was well after this. Oh, this was before his wife got murdered. Yeah. God, what a fucking hard life. To go from, like... You have your great director, and you have a great wife. She's beautiful, and she's gonna have your baby. And then she gets fucking murdered by Charles Manson by fucking happenstance because she happened to be there, and they cut the fucking baby out of her. Jesus Christ! Sorry, it's bad language. Yeah, but I think Manson causes one to have bad language. Well, Mia Farrow's had a hard life too. Yeah, Mia Farrow has had a really hard life. Didn't she married Woody Allen. Unfortunately, cheated on her with her daughter, and apparently molested her children. Jesus Christ! According allegedly, so we're watching this in support of Mia Farrow, not in support perfect of Roman Polanski. Talk about perfect Mia Farrow. Oh. She was so nice when I met her, and like we talked about. I know we already said it, but the last unicorn is really awesome. My brothers and I used to watch it all the time, and she and I had a nice little conversation about it. And I was like twenty-one, and she was very nice. Yeah. So we are. 100% pro Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow is awesome. So. Right. Okay. So we did Brewer's Brews. We did Gross's Corner. We have talked about what we're watching next time. So we're going to be watching uh, Rosemary's Baby in Georgia. Yeah. Hopefully. It Which is funny because we're going to go stay with my Nana. And I actually saw this movie for the first time with my Nana and Daddy Dick. Nice. Yeah, we watched it together. We watched all these old movies and stuff like that. So, like, for me, like, watching Psycho and, and Rosemary's Baby, I'm just thinking about it. It's like, it's odd because Nana doesn't like thrillers per se, but, like, these are famous old movies and stuff. So that's what we watched. And uh, if anybody has any recommendations on movies they would Ooh, like us to review. How would they contact us? They would contact us either at up to and including death at gmail.com. Ooh, that's good. Or any of the socials. Yeah. What What are the socials? Are the exact same thing as that? We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And our handle on all three is up to and ID with the number two. Yeah. And we also have a website, which is up to and including death.com. Yeah. 
there's new pictures up. We're going to put be putting up new wedding photos probably in the next two weeks. It's going to be great. Yeah, and we have uh, we have some opening slots on the schedule coming up. So yeah. if anybody has some movies. And you, know, you know what we should do? Huh. Is like we should put up, uh, not, not this week or next week, but we should put up a... Um, a voting thing for which Stephen King movie we should watch next. Yeah, because that would be on the slate um, immediately following Rosemary's Baby. Really? Yeah. It feels unless, like we just... Oh, because the thing is, the stand was four episodes. Yes. That's why I felt so unless, long. Unless when we're in Georgia, yeah? we have an opening slot for if um, one of your family members would like to join us and recommend a film. I would love for that. But I if, would love for that to happen. But you know what we're but, hoping to do... We might be recording a one-off that does not involve watching something, but does involve my sister-in-laws and I taste testing truly, blind taste testing truly, and White Claw. Well, we could do that as a bonus or an add-on. Yeah. That's one of our other ones. Probably add-on. But, it'll be uh, a little, it'll bruise, bruise, and gross this corner all at once. I was just talking to them today, and I was like, you guys are more gross than I am now. And my sister-in-law, Chucky... The math whiz was like, you were a gross for like at least 15 years longer than I've been a gross. So I still have some time to catch up. And I'm like, dang it, she got me. She's so good at math. <laughs> but we will have an opening. And there are yeah. a lot of Stephen King films to choose from. Yeah. So if you'd like to see hear one reviewed soon, let yeah. us know. Otherwise, I will pick. Yes. Well, I mean, we would talk about it. Sure. It sounds like I don't get to pick that one, but that's okay. Well, how many Stephen King's films have you seen? The so Langoliers, far? It. Which It? Both, all of them. All three? Yeah. Wait, there's a third one? Well, there's the original miniseries and, and, and then one and two. I saw one and two in theaters. Yeah, we have all those. We have Pet mm-hmm. Cemetery. Which... Oh, that's good. I've seen that. Okay. Oh, maybe you have seen some. I don't want to be buried in the Pet Cemetery. You know who did that song? Who? The Ramones. Oh, a guy named Ramon? All the guys named Ramon. Okay, well, I think that we should probably go to bed because we have to get up in like five hours. Yeah, and I am driving for 12. Yes, so I think that there's only two things to do. Uh, Stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Thank you, Stefan.